Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky, aka Mac and Blue. Welcome to Mac and Blue. I'm Robert Johnson, Vice President, Business Development with Tory Contracting. He is JJ Levinsky. He is the president of Blue Wave General Contracting. And you know what I'm going to say next? What? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Welcome Good. back. You know, I had to go solo last week. Yeah. Um, they were doing a lobotomy on Robert. Yeah. Frontal, he's, uh, he's back. <laughs> yeah, a frontal lobotomy or, a, yeah, never mind. I could get mixed, mixed up there. Daryl Robinson is our producer. I saw you. Did you just turn your, your mic on? Yeah. Just nobody, on. nobody said anything to you about your mic. Uh, but anyway, great to have you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I caught him like he was like, <laughs> great yeah. to have him. Well, I'm glad he's here. Otherwise, we have yeah, a we production all, problem. Yeah. You would, it'd be dead air. I was ready for my moment. You were. Okay, oh, so you seized it. I'm yeah, telling you. you did. We seized your moment too. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> what I was going to say was, is that it's amazing. Social media loves two things. Social media loves brains and beauty. Okay. Last week we had James Murphy. Yeah. This week we have Carly Levin. So what are you saying? This week we get both. <laughs> <laughs> like it. If James, like it. if James is listening, the, the, the if James is listening, he's going to be offended. It, yeah, no, know. no, he'll be bummed. But yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, how do I get out of this now? <laughs> so, Carly is the key account manager with. I'm going to do it. Alliance Environmental Group. Now, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I've got to start off by saying, what does Alliance Environmental Group do? Ooh, where should I start? I At the brought... beginning usually helps. Yeah, <laughs> I should have brought a whole for sure because there's so many services that we provide for our clients that I Okay, don't then I'll, that. I'll ask it like this. <laughs> Are you an insurance restoration company? In a way, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. But not in the strictest sense of the word. I see it more when I read up on it's more of the air quality, those kinds of things. Yes. So Alliance Environmental Group has been around since 1995. Okay. We're based in Azusa, California, and we have 12 branches there up and down the coast of California. So we cover all of California. Vegas, where mm -hmm. I started with Alliance Environmental Group, was... I would say at the time, the only branch that was created organically, mm -hmm. we didn't buy a company to start out there, um, started from the ground up. And then we have branches here in Arizona, Tacoma, Washington, and then Oregon, and we're constantly growing. So Arizona's a little unique, actually. We provide more services than any of the other states. 
So I just want to make clear for the record, this is only Arizona <laughs> that okay. we do this in. Okay. Um, so we do provide out here water mitigation okay. and recon. So that's why it's hard for me to say right. 100% yes, because we don't do water mitigation in all the other states. It's just this one. Um, Arizona, as I'm sure you both know, is a little unique <laughs> as yes. far as our side of things. Mm-hmm. There's like 350 restoration companies uh, that we know of. <laughs> yeah. That you know of. Yeah, yeah that we yeah, know of. Yeah, there's a, another 350 that just work out of the back of their truck with a, you know, carpet machine. Correct. So Alliance Environmental Group, when they started, they were known for asbestos abatement. Okay. That was our bread and butter. Then we branched into other services. So we do mold remediation, selective demo, bio, trauma, meth lab cleanup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Time you know, out. You probably see that more in Vegas than you do in every other state. But no, all right. <laughs> true. I. You get for the audience' sake. You got to go down that rabbit hole. So, I mean, without. Come on, just tell us. Like, what is it like? How bad is it? Like, who do you typically work for in something like that? Who's hiring you? First of all. So, as far as who's hiring us, it's usually the property manager. Okay. For residential, mm-hmm. mainly. Okay. For like multifamily, mm-hmm. I would say you're finding that, That's or what- it's like insurance, you know, um, for a homeowner and they're trying to get, maybe they're renting the property. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get evicted and stuff like that. So what's it like walking into <laughs> something like that? Just I, put it into words. I can't actually put it into words because I will say I have yet to come across one of those types of jobs Oh, for me personally. Oh, I did have a call out here in Arizona for one. But I get to pick and choose what jobs I go and walk because I'm not an actual estimator. I just do the selling portion. Sure. Uh, I can tell you I have a little past in insurance restoration, that whole thing. We'll have a discussion off air. Okay. Yeah, I've got some good stories. Yeah. It, it's not fun. It, it, no, it's, it's and not. it's needed, greatly needed, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting, that's so much more prevalent than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's just not only that, the ones that that were grower house, you know, that were growing marijuana and lights and duct work through the walls and, you know. Anyway, so bringing Mendocino County inside your apartment (laughs) is what you're telling me. (laughs) Pretty much. So that's fascinating. So more so um, the air quality, the asbestos abatement. Asbestos abatement has gotten, gotten much, much more visual. Oh, yeah. I didn't even worry about it years ago and now you know every time you do construction or anything you've got to do an asbestos test if mm-hmm. it, especially if the building's over built since so for commercial yeah this is where the misconception is mm-hmm. commercial it could be built today right it's a hundred percent yeah and then if something happened tomorrow you would have to go get it tested correct so that's a lot of general contractors that I deal with mm-hmm. have a hard time comprehending the fact. They're like, well, we literally just put this building up. There's no way there's asbestos. But people don't realize that they're still actually using asbestos. Yep. So that's definitely a hurdle for me when I'm talking to general contractors. Yeah, people think that it's the typical popcorn ceilings, mm-hmm. uh, VCT tile, you know, that's pipe insulation, black. things yeah, like that. It's things like that, but uh, it really is much more prevalent in construction materials. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore, but it's still there. Oh yeah, it's still there and that actually brings me to some other services that we provide. Good. Um because we know that asbestos is, you know, slowly going away. Obviously, they still use it, but still slowly going away. They also offer 
indoor air quality services. So like duct cleaning, fire damper inspections, fire stopping. So we have a whole IAQ side. We started out with just healthcare, but it's branched out to all commercial um, that we can provide that for. So between all the companies that Alliance Environmental Group has acquired, we're now considered the largest IEQ company on the West Coast. Oh wow! So Very interesting. Yeah. So how many? So how many employees do you have total, or do you know? We're past the five hundred mark. Oh, I know that so, substantial. Yeah. Yeah. So I apologize. We jumped right into what the company does. Let's find out something about you. Yeah, sure. Um, start with the important stuff. <laughs> yeah. How, so how did you get into this business? Tell us about what brought you to the meth lab business. <laughs> You're throwing out that service uh, of all services. Yeah, but but yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so starting back to when I was born. This <laughs> hey, is only an hour. Only have an hour. <laughs> No, so I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, go Badgers. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there See, we go. I had to get the plug. <laughs> it's in my bio. So, yeah, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I went to UW-Madison for college. After I graduated from college, I actually have three siblings, two older, one younger. And my family, we were all graduating from our prospective areas. And my family decided, you know what? Let's move to Arizona. So, believe it or not... 19 of us moved from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Arizona. Okay, so we've got to dig into that a little bit. You said siblings, and you only used the number three, yes. and then we went to 19. So everybody. That's Wisconsin math. Don't you know that? Yeah, everybody <laughs> yes, moved. everybody. So, yeah, essentially everyone except from my dad's side of the family moved. Uh, my grandma lived with me my whole entire life. So she was obviously in that move. Okay. Uh, my mom has one brother. So my aunt and uncle on that side was like, well, if you guys are leaving, we're leaving. Um, so they came along. Then we had a cousin that came with um, because we were super close with that particular cousin. And then my sister-in-law, she wouldn't move unless her family moved. So they all came. This really is kind of a Wisconsin <laughs> thing, isn't it? I mean, it's just, yeah. well, this is where I might just draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we all moved. And then obviously my older brother and older sister, my sister has two boys and then my brother has a boy and a girl. So, But you wound up in Las Vegas. I did. Job? I mean, was that what it was primarily? Significant other okay. at the time. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, decided to make the move. Okay. So, you did come here. Yeah, I lived here for five years. And then went to Vegas. Yes. Okay. What yes. What do you think of Vegas? Well, I'm back in Arizona, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, see, he's baiting, baiting you because, you know, he he does part-time right. here and part-time there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You two should carpool. No. No, she's done. <laughs> oh. No, I still come to Vegas, go? but... Yeah. It's not a bad drive, is it? I fly. Yeah, I could, but I'm kind of a driver. Person, At least but. my car, so. TSA won't of. let him in anyway, Carly. <laughs> but let me ask you this. So this just leads us to just, you'll find out this is how this, this whole program goes. Yes. But don't you get horrible wait times on flying coming back this way? Oh, it's brutal. Oh, it's the most, that's one of the reasons why I drive. It's like, you can fly, and leaving Phoenix, you're pretty much always on time. For some reason, coming back from Vegas, You'll sit two hours. You'll sit. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Is it always that way? I feel like ever since COVID, it's been that way. Okay, then maybe that that does that makes sense. 
Yeah, but you do fly. I do fly. Okay, you're spoiled. <laughs> but you don't now. Uh, if I remember correctly, you you had you were living kind of had a place in both places for a, t- a while. Yeah. So well, so I was in Vegas, um, and then traveling back here every other week for a week at a time. Mm-hmm. So they just put me up in a hotel. And then um, when I decided to move back out here, got rid of my place there and then gotcha. got the place here. Good. Yeah. She's domesticated again. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. JJ, what do you got? All right. So back to, I'm, I want to know more about the meth lab and the bio cleanup. <laughs> so yeah, what, what else is there in the bio cleanup? Like what kind of? You know what bio cleanup is. Oh, the nasty stuff. Yeah, the I don't want to talk stuff. about that. Oh, we can't talk about that on the air. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you know, initially you in your mind, you think, you know, toilet overflows. Okay, there's a bio cleanup. No, I'm but that's not what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, there are the others, and that's um, those can be, yeah. That's so, so the nice things I can talk about yeah. is, um, like, so pigeon feces that qualifies under the bio Oh, category. man, I never even would have thought of that one. Yeah, so that's covered under there. And then, like, healthcare uh, properties, you know, needles or oh, sure. drugs or something like that, you know, they'll have us clean up. A lot of that's found in parking lots, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind wow. of goes along with that whole meth lab thing. Or yeah. another example, um, we're actually working on this right now. It was a fire. That happened at a construction site, but one of their refrigerated containers had chemicals in it. So that qualifies as a fire cleanup, but also bio. So with all this, and this is my ignorance, with all of this kind of heavy chemical type stuff, you guys must have tons of hazardous material training in, in-house. Yes. All of our estimators and then field workers, they're all trained in all this. They must go through a lot of hours of training. Yes. Yeah, it's a very, very, um, the licensing, the, you know, mask, respirator, you got all that stuff that you have to go through. So we should really call this episode Rebuilding Arizona instead of Building Arizona because Carly gets to rebuild, her company gets to rebuild everything. Well, and that's kind of what I want to ask. So you, you deal a lot with construction companies. Yes. So... How does what you do, besides what you've already alluded to in mm-hmm. that demo companies or when people are, have got a new project, they've mm-hmm. got demo and asbestos abatement, how does what you do play into the construction industry and like working with people like JJ or what, what would you do in those cases? So this is why I like Arizona because we can offer everything to you guys. So whenever I'm talking to a new client, I'm like, pretty much anything you don't want to deal with in the building. We, we do it. Care, we take care of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, new construction is a little harder for us to okay. have any. The things that I would point out there is more like duct cleaning after, you know, you're done with construction mm-hmm. to make sure all that's clean um, with the dust and everything. Or, God forbid, someone, you know, mm-hmm. punches a valve or something like that where they cause a flood. Then we can come in on <laughs> the emergency side. That happens more often than people yes. like to think. Yes. So out here, it's a little different for us because we can come in different parts of the project, whether it's new build or a remodel. But say somewhere like Vegas, where I cover, it's really only beforehand, it would be when an estimator knows there's asbestos that needs to be removed, or if they need help with the soft interior demo, or mid-project, if they come across something that they didn't know was there, like mold, then Hmm. we could come in in that realm. So you did a lot of work on the strip. 
We can't actually oh, because yes. they're union and Correct. we're not a union company. There we are, are. Ad- I'll just throw that in there. Uh, but go ahead. Yeah, you didn't know that? The what? We are union. No, I knew that. Yeah. So we can work on this. But the union is, I mean, the strip is yeah. 100% locked down. Oh, yeah. So they can't call us directly, but say like one of our big GCs that we work with is on a project and they come across something like that, gotcha. then they can call us in, but it's the hotel themselves calling us. Gotcha. It's very... Yep. No, I understand. So it's, a, yeah, when an owner requests, that's different, completely mm-hmm. different. Okay, so did, um, so then when you're doing, when you're focusing on the asbestos abatement, then I would assume that when you're dealing with construction and contractors, it's with demo. Typically is when... Typically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So you're thinking the wheels are turning. You know, so smoke's so, coming out, yeah. So when in so is the 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 time in Vegas is that when you started working in the construction industry? Yes. So I actually started working for a testing company when I got into the industry. What type of testing? So just the complete opposite side of what mm-hmm. I'm doing now. So it was the asbestos mold lead. Okay. All that stuff. So it was nice because, you know, it was an easy transition for when I joined Alliance. And when I'm talking to clients, I can be more helpful in trying to save them money or letting them know when they need to do the asbestos survey or not everyone thinks, say, like a multi-family type complex. They think that they're going to, you know, save money by not doing a comprehensive survey of the whole entire property. But really, if they think about it, it's going to not only save them time, but money as well to do that. So I can help talk and try to help them save money from both sides. Well, I think, again, for the audience, Carly, go down, go down that rabbit hole and explain what that means more great in a more granular fashion. As far as the comprehensive. Yes. So we'll just take multifamily because that's the easiest. Mm -hmm. So multifamily, if you do a comprehensive survey of the whole entire complex, if I remember correctly, it's like 10% of the total units in each building. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what it is. I can't 100% remember. (laughs) Yeah. Close enough for this podcast. I can tell you that. Exactly. Okay. So we're not going to Wikipedia and check you afterwards. I can tell you that. Good. Um, So, uh, If you did that, that covers you for any of the units that you're doing work in. And you can have that on file until you change the material of that unit or the entire complex. So say unit one has a flood and you have to go in and do work. Then someone shows up and is like, hey, where's your asbestos survey? They can pull it out. They don't have to wait for it to get done. And there you go. But... If they didn't have that comprehensive survey and a flood happens, you go get tested and then something happens three months later, that survey does not cover you for that next disaster. It only covers you for the time that you're doing the work. Yeah, that makes sense. So you can do the comprehensive survey and then if you change a material in the unit, then that can just be added on as an addendum. There you go. Interesting. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Tory Contracting, your full-service Division 9 contractor. Tory Contracting operates with a smaller, hands-on team. This cohesive structure results in superior workmanship and economical solutions. 
we deliver projects with unsurpassed commitment to quality and stewardship of budget. Tory Contracting, small enough to listen, big enough to deliver. Okay, awesome. Um, did you have something else to follow up on that? Uh, no, I'm good on that topic. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. Just want to make sure. The moderator has spoken. (laughs) Okay. Are you through? Okay. (laughs) This next one I really like. How do you go about building your book of business? Now, you use social media. You're very big on social media, big on LinkedIn. Yes. How do you go about that? And how do you leverage social media to, to help build your clientele? Well, as far as LinkedIn goes, I actually started using that at one of my previous jobs where I was just straight cold calling all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how on earth am I going to find my leads? And so someone introduced me at that company, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And obviously when LinkedIn came out, everyone thought it was just a place to find jobs. No one actually thought. It's still a huge part of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. No one thought, though, that you can actually get business from it. So I took that experience and moved it to where I was marketing to doctors. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone's had experience with doctors, but it's extremely, extremely difficult to get in the door with doctors. They're probably the hardest people to sell to. And so I was like, how on earth am I going to get in front of these guys, you know? if the gatekeeper is preventing me from talking to them. So what I did, I connected with them on LinkedIn and I messaged them directly. And then I started getting responses. So that's, I use LinkedIn for every single job that I'm in. But as far as how I utilize it for this particular job, I would say I really started using it um, during the COVID timeframe, because that's when I started with this job. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky enough to have a book of business from the testing side. Sure. But I was like, how on earth am I going to do this remote? So I kind of changed things up and I was like, what are people needing right now? People need to laugh. People need to smile. They need to forget everything that's going on. So I will admit I was a complete goofball on LinkedIn. And Perfect. That's how I met her. I know. Yeah. yeah. I started doing weird videos. Well, I started doing videos in the first place. No one did videos pre-COVID. So I started doing videos. I started doing like motivational posts. And then I was like, you know what? Let me do some giveaways on here mm-hmm. and relate it to the company so that people are paying attention to what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. And then I will reference my Vegas mom, Julie Farina with RBM Building Services. Mm-hmm. She and I came up with an idea to do giveaways together. And then I was like, what can I do to like spice things up? So I decided to start doing like dancing videos with her. And literally- oh, I have not seen any. <laughs> you haven't? I have not. I think that's what we like connected on was like probably a couple years i think it was a couple years ago yeah interesting yeah well for the audience sake the first time i met carly face to face we went axe throwing together complete opposite of dancing yeah (laughs) but you know you you bring up such a great so you and i think alike Mm -hmm. oh god help the world on the no 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 that means that this is probably this is like an epiphany yeah exactly (laughs) um in that and i'm sure you learned this on linkedin that Mm -hmm. if you just talk about your work and what you do, it's crickets. Nobody cares. Oh, yeah. Now, you'll get people that will follow. You'll get those hardcore mm-hmm. people in the same business, mm-hmm. but you're never going to grow your your 
followers or your connections because people just people don't care. No. Now, you don't have to be Facebook. You don't have to be Instagram-ish to get people, but you have to appeal to a broader audience because some of the connections that, and you probably experienced this, I certainly have, some of the people that I've connected with that's actually brought business were three, four, five connections deep from somebody you connected with making some dancing video <laughs> connection. And it's, you know, somebody they were connected to that yeah. sees it. So it works. It does. And I think a lot of the older generations, I will call them. <laughs> Have we resemble that remark? No, you don't. The well, old school, the old school way of thinking mm-hmm. is, you know, just talk about work and like yeah. that's it. And I'm like, no, I need to brand myself first Correct. and then plug the company that I work for because once I get people's attention, then they're gonna pay attention to what I'm talking about when it comes to work. That's that's exactly the way that I look at it. Now, well, go to, ahead. To credit both of you. Because, you know, for the audience that doesn't know, Robert, you kind of have this sidebar thing. Mm-hmm. Outside of Tori, you've got kind of a motivational, yep. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You want to go ahead and mention the name. Do your plug. The change maker. Thank you. Okay. I was giving you, you know, the floor there. Mm-hmm. But to both of you, to both of your credit, excuse me, you show connection and vulnerability. And I think that's that's the key. I think another good one, I think, Robert, um, forgive me, I'm going to botch your name. Lorena, right? Yeah, uh, out of right. Florida. Yes. When you look at her stuff and the and how she does that as well, mm-hmm. and I think Carly, I think you've tapped into it as well as anyone here in the Phoenix market in the the whole construction realm. Because when you start peeling that onion back, you can see it's the same couple thousand people that are always intermixing. Mm-hmm. And I think you did a wonderful job of creating that connection and vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Really, is what's um, important. What makes it work? Right. It really is because, yeah. Well, we've already beat that to death, but. Well, no, it's, I mean, because, well, here, here, if I go back to even the last few weeks that we've had guests on, mm-hmm. there isn't anyone that we haven't talked about, about how we did not connect originally either in a, in a forum or didn't validate that through LinkedIn. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. Uh, it's always some form of networking and it, it's an, it's an, the way you use it to get behind that gatekeeper is brilliance because the doctor's just too busy. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. Well, it's not just the doctor. It's everyone. But I mean, that's what I'm yeah. saying. In that, in that example, the doctor's just too busy. However, if they're sitting at lunch or they're sitting at home and they've just got their laptop sitting on their lap and they look and they see, they're more apt to connect. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, stop by. I'll tell them to watch for you. And then you're in. So, so. Carly, question for you. I think you brought up a couple of good points. One was that you either strategically or just by happenstance, you know, you did this and you had an effective result during the COVID times. Mm -hmm. What have you done since COVID now that life's kind of back to normal? Mm -hmm. Have you found, have you changed your cadence at all or are you keeping up the same kind of dynamic? Um, I would say I definitely have slowed down on the LinkedIn front, but I still use it. Um, I would say, I mean, COVID times, I was using it every day. Right. Because that was the only way I would be, you know, in front of people. But now I would say like two to three times a week I'm using it. But the other aspect that people don't utilize, I don't think as much as they should, is the direct messaging too. Mm -hmm. Because people just connect and that's it. Where me, whenever I connect with someone new, I message them. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't take no answer as a no from them because I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to someone and then like two weeks later, they're like, hey, by any chance do you do this, this, and this? And then, you know, I get a job out of it. So LinkedIn, definitely slow, but I still use it quite a bit. And now I'm obviously utilizing the association events and trying to get out for lunch meetings, coffee meetings, and stuff like that. Yeah. Are you intermixing any other um, social media with LinkedIn? Like, are you TikToking and using that or not? No, I am not. You would be great on TikTok. <laughs> well, especially the dancing. Wanna, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. I don't I don't know. I'm just not a fan of TikTok. No Instagram, why. no Twitter. I do Instagram, but just my personal stuff, yeah. not yeah. work-related. I think for what we do, no one's going to go searching for what we do on Instagram. You're connected with people in the industry, so they're seeing my personal posts in that regards. But as far as like actually talking about work and stuff like that, I mainly use LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, the reason that I think that we do it is the adage, uh, and this isn't maybe the OG sales coming out in me, is that, you know, it takes, I don't remember what it is now, eight touches or mm, whatever it yep. is, you know what I'm talking about. And, and a touch is anytime they see your name, hear your name. And it's just, it's just people cannot use you or won't use you if they don't know you're out there. Absolutely. I know our company as a whole has all those platforms, mm-hmm. but for me... But you don't yeah, manage I, them. Yeah, I don't manage them. And then, like I said, I'm Facebook and Instagram are the only other two accounts that I have. And I'm connected with people in the industry. So I'm still technically in front of them, just not blowing up about work. Okay. What do you got next? I was going to jump on this significant project point. What would you consider Vegas, Arizona, either place? Uh, or it didn't even have to be in those places, your most significant project? I can talk about one in Vegas and then one in Arizona. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Um, so we'll start with Vegas. So um, a hotel okay. in Vegas. I don't want to name names. That's okay. fine. There was a fire, and it hit seven floors of the hotel. Maybe I can name it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you probably me. started it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, unfortunately, it was started by a homeless person. Okay. Yeah, I probably did start it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a fire happened and another company was actually brought in and they started the first floor was starting to do the abatement because it was it's an older property, so filled with asbestos. And unfortunately, they hit a valve. And caused a flood on top of the already damaged property. And before that even happened, they had taken, I think it was five months to complete one floor. Um, But after that unfortunate disaster happened, um, they were no longer on the project. And we came in through other people that were involved. And we then took over the next six floors and we were able to complete that in three and a half months for them. So how many people do you, do you recall how many people were on it? I don't recall how many people were on it, but I will say we are now with a company that we acquired. We are probably the largest now. Okay. Abatement company in Vegas. Wow. So to be able to do a project like that in that amount of time is huge, especially Mm -hmm. in Vegas. um, Because I'm sure, as you guys know, labor is not the best. So 
the fact that we could accomplish that was huge. Well, and their lost revenue. So yep, for you exactly. to put that back for, you know, whether there was their insurance company or whomever. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. Huge. Okay, Arizona. Yeah. So Arizona. Um, well, obviously, I haven't been out here that long, but um, I would say the biggest project that we've been able to assist with since I've been out here for one of my clients, it was a project they were planning on demoing the property to the ground to um, build something new. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, EPA came, asked where the survey was. They didn't have it. So they called me thinking that we did testing in-house, which we don't. So I coordinated the testing, got them out same day, results the next day. And then obviously certain things came back hot for asbestos. And the owner of the project was like, we need this done in seven days. When realistically, it probably should have taken like a month for us to accomplish. And we figured out how to get it done in seven days. We worked overnight and it was completed. So I think those are two of the biggest projects as far as being able to help our client in the time that they needed it done so they don't lose any revenue. Do you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with something here that I know you're not prepared for, but. <laughs> I don't like that. Welcome to my world, Carly. <laughs> I but, don't like that. Um, can I say I don't know? <laughs> so when we talk, you can. You can play the fifth. <laughs> yeah. So when you talk about asbestos abatement, um, mm-hmm. in the time that I was in the business, and maybe it was more of a new thing at that time, but maybe you still get some of this. I had people that would tell me that it was a, that it was um, a scam. That it was, you don't want, you know, why didn't have to do, you know, what's the deal? Because we would go in and it would immediately, I mean, we were in an old home. We would take a pee. We knew good and well it was going to test positive for asbestos. And then the the claim goes way up. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason that as you're having to check for asbestos. It's mm-hmm. not just to make a claim bigger. Mm-hmm. It's for health reasons. But anyway. What do you tell people? Do you get that anymore? Do you get people say, oh, that's just... Now, you probably don't as much on the commercial side, clearly, but on yeah. a residential side. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. What, and what's your response? I mean, obviously, for... Well, for residential, it's kind of at their own risk because you don't necessarily... Like, if they're doing it on their own... You Correct. know, as long as they're not having workers do it. Correct. Then it's kind of at their own risk. Correct. So. Yeah, once it becomes the general but if contractor's you want a liability. contractor yeah. to do it. Yeah. That has to be tested. So then I'm like, okay, would you rather just pay for the test? Like, what is it? Like 375 maybe? Yeah. Or do you want a $10,000 fine? Yeah. That's a pretty good one. If that doesn't shut your mouth wide open. Boy, I wish I could use that for my sales punchline. Yeah. <laughs> well, $375 or $10,000. <laughs> well, and now I'm getting a lot of pushback actually these days. So now I actually have on my computer the NISHAP document so that I can provide it to the client so they don't think that I'm like just making this up. And, and know, again, mostly to... residential. Actually, no. Oh, really? Commercial. Well, okay. I guess I can see that because of the in our minds, we always thought it was pre-87 or pre-79 yeah. or whatever that magic date was. And when they're looking at a building that they know is five years old and they're tearing it down, they're going to say, yeah. nah, there's no asbestos in this thing. I, in Vegas, what was it? I think it was like 2000, but because it's commercial, it had to be tested. And sure enough, it came back with asbestos. Yeah. So. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. That is why you have insurance. 
Well, and it goes up the ladder as far as who's getting fined. So if property management's involved, mm. general contractors involved, everyone gets hit. Yeah, and a gen- as you as a general contractor just won't even take the risk. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, there's one, you know, I, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm taking that, oh, man, this building's five years old. There's no asbestos in this thing. We're just going to knock it down and haul it off to the dump and be done with it. Oh. Oh, I probably shouldn't have asked this question. No, no, I'm f- I'm fine with it because we do mostly new build. But I remember when we first started, we were doing a lot of rentals. And, I mean, we just made a company policy. We always did the, the surveys and... We always we even have it as a line item on all of our scheduled exactly. values on our estimates. So Build it that, into the number. Why not? Right. And then if fine, if you're sitting down with an owner and you're going over it and they adamantly refuse it, it's like, well, then that then you have that different conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, listen, my liability doesn't cover it. We're either doing this or find yourself a new GC. Exactly. I mean, I don't think I've ever had anyone push back because, you know, those like Carly was saying, the fees compared to the the other side, the risk reward was like a no brainer. But you, like you said, you still have some of the old guard that, oh, we're not doing that. And you always will. Yeah. Yeah, you always will. So, do uh, you have anything next? I was going to go back to Car- Car- Carly. Dancing videos? <laughs> kind of. Okay. But just, you know, I think a lot of our audience is just as much into, you bring an interesting dynamic to the to the podcast today because it's as much about the personal branding as it is about what you're doing company-wise. Back to the personal branding thing. What's it like? Because you are in a construction-related environment. Mm-hmm. You've nailed the social media, but what's it like being a woman on the BD side? <laughs> That's hard. Yeah. It, it It's very difficult. I will, I'll, I'll admit it. Yeah. How so? <laughs> well. Encountering shirts like that. <laughs> haircuts like this. <laughs> no, I mean, you could touch on it. Yeah, I, go know, ahead. I, I'm. I'm our I audience, think, is, I think our I know, audience but, is PG-13, so yeah. we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not even just in the BD role, but women in construction mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. I will say there's pros to it, but there's also cons. The pros, I'll start with that, mm-hmm. is women empowering women mm-hmm. that are in this industry. Mm-hmm. I think that has really grown over the years. And I will say the top estimator in our company is a female. So, and she works in Vegas. So that's amazing. So we get to, you know, confide in each other and go over what our hurdles are and stuff like that. So I think that is a pro. Then just being a female that's working in general is not even necessarily in construction, but coming from the Midwest, you get married early, (laughs) you have kids early. And then either you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a teacher or a nurse or something, you know, that a female. That's your role. That's our role. Yeah. There are people out there that still do firmly believe that that's the way that it should be. And I can't tell you how many times I'm asked when is, you know, or my parents are being asked, when is Carly getting married? When is she having kids? She's 33 now, you know, clock's ticking. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just your parents wanting grandkids and nothing to do with Carly. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I know, I'm just messing with you. You get asked that all the time. And I... I'm different. I'm a very career travel oriented person. I like my independence and that's that. Um, As far as being actually in the construction world, it's hard in the sense that I feel like we're not necessarily heard all the time. 
And it's, it's a hurdle when I, like, say I get a job and I'm asking for the information that I need for that job. Or can we get a job walk? Where's the survey? Stuff like that. And it's, no, we can't get a job walk. I don't know if I can get the survey. You know, mm-hmm. answers like that. Then I go to my branch manager. Hey, Would you I'm not out? getting anywhere yeah. with this. Can you maybe find out? And then the answers are there in two seconds. So yeah, that, I still I yeah, that certainly still goes on. Yeah. So I I would say that's honestly the biggest challenge, but I'm just very confident with what I do. I I'm very persistent and, you know, I don't let that get me down. Yeah, you will see me. You yeah. are going to answer my questions. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be back to finish up. There comes a time when dreams become a reality when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from. And we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, Trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. Let's stay on Carly here for a minute. Well, of course. What, do we have another guest coming in in five minutes or what? Yeah. Oh, we're just going to finish. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Daryl's got a tea time. That's right. Um, So one of the things that I find fascinating about you is you're obviously a very active person. You, Mm -hmm. You exercise. You, you know, play golf. I try. Yeah. Maybe you ride around in a <laughs> golf cart, but I, okay. I get it. But I see that you have a nephew that's autistic. I do. And your interest or your dream is to what? So I guess I should get some backstory on. Please All do. Right. So, you know, when you're in school, like elementary school or middle school mm-hmm. and you line up and you have the teams and you're getting picked, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever team. And you're always worried that you're going to be last. And it's usually based on who that person that's team captain likes the best mm-hmm. or who's better at that sport. And then you're always afraid that you're going to be last. Mm-hmm. So being autistic, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you have to deal with, you know, either people making fun of you mm-hmm. or picking you last or just looking at you differently. Mm-hmm. So, my nephew, I don't know if he's doing it this year, but um, previous years, he actually, I don't know who started it, but there's like this little league. Um, how old, by the way? Oh, gosh. How old is he now? He is 13 now. Okay. Yes. And he's taller than me, believe it or not. No, that's not hard to believe. You're short. Okay. <laughs> I'm five, six and a half. Oh, okay. Okay. That's pretty tall. Okay. <laughs> Could have fallen that sort. Yeah. yeah. No, we went right back to that women in construction thing. It's like, no, I'm tall. Okay. Got it. Okay. Five, six. Five, six and a half. Yeah. Uh, no. So he, uh, so he, there's this little league mm-hmm. and it's all special needs kids. Interesting. So, um, and it's all volunteers that put mm-hmm. it on. So I came up, up with this, I guess, dream of mine mm-hmm. to start a gym where each day you're learning a different sport. And then say on the weekends, 
like all those kids get together and they do an actual game of whatever sport, you know, mm-hmm. and it's strictly special needs kids. And have you pitched this to anybody yet? I have not. I was okay. going to before I moved to Vegas, but then life happened. Okay. Well, maybe you just back. did. So, yeah, maybe maybe you're a captive <laughs> audience. <laughs> maybe you just did pitch maybe that to somebody. Maybe I did, yeah. No, I, that's very admirable. It touched me. I thought, oh, well, good for you. I'd like to see that happen. Golf clap there to that one. Yeah, that, there's your sponsor. Where? Right there, JJ. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we could, no, it would be very cool to to see it come to fruition yeah. from a listener. I would love to. So before we went to break there, I wanted to go back mm-hmm. to, Carly, you were going down a really good path with, uh, you know, what it's like being a woman in construction, all those kind of things. But for the audience's sake, is there anything that you found that has really helped either associations, the networking mixers, anything like mm-hmm. that? If you can get into any specifics, I think it just gives the audience a nice way of branching out on their own time. And if they could, you know, listen to your story and feel empowered by that, is there anything mm-hmm. you would like to share with the audience on that? As far as associations, I would say the best association that I've ever joined, Vegas. Vegas, I was actually a part of it. Arizona, I've only attended the event so far. But Crew is probably the best association as far as... And Crew is? It's... you know? It's... What is it? Commercial real estate. Mm. Essentially for women. Okay. Out here, I know, they definitely make sure that it's more woman heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas, you can be male or female. And How dare them. <laughs> but, you know, it's always female speakers that are at the lunch meetings and stuff like that. So I think as far as like women in the industry, that's the best one that I have found. And then out here, more so than Vegas, I've seen a lot of like smaller networking groups start that aren't necessarily a part of an association. So just finding that good core group of people that you can surround yourself with, um, I think is super helpful. Gerald, can you think of anything that that sparked? Because I know how your mind works. What has the every man <laughs> come up with it for a question? Anything? We put him on the spot with those, Mike. He usually has, usually has these one-off questions I know. that nobody else thinks about. I am well, as you were just talking about crew, do you prefer that this be a all women group? Because when I think about when I hear of a, like inclusivity, when I hear when I hear that word, my first thing is if we want, you know, equality for everybody, it makes sense to do what Vegas is doing. Why mm-hmm. only tailor it to one side? So what what is your preference? Mm, I think. I don't know, because like out here, I'm also a part of like actually a part of NAOP. Mm-hmm. And I like that it broadens it to everyone. But I think if you're struggling as a female in the industry, crew is a good avenue to go towards. Yeah, great answer. To you help do, you, you come need, out of your shell. Yeah, you need something. Yeah. That is your peer group. Well, there's networking yeah. and then there's advocacy as well. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I think of those two words, it's if we're all struggling with. Great question, by the way. Way to go, Daryl. That's why I put you on the spot. <laughs> Where was I going with this? Oh. Like you said, when you need the support and you need that advocacy mm. to find your own niche and your own sounding board, but then like NAOP's a great example. I mean, we brought them up last week with James as well because, you know, they're so heavily involved in, as are a lot of general contractors. That's your, you know, your larger mm-hmm. 
tons of information, but just, you know, it's at a grander scale, let's be honest. You're not getting down into the minutiae as you are in, in, that, in those smaller ones. So I think there's a time and a place for both, for, sure. for everyone. Sure. I, I will know. say in Vegas, because that's where I really got into the industry, I would say crew was probably the best overall for me to be introduced to the industry because for whatever reason, that industry or that association brings such a warm, welcoming group together. And if it wasn't for that group, I probably wouldn't be in the industry still. Wow. That's, that's a, a that's, pretty powerful yeah, that's, statement. That's quite an endorsement. So yeah. I, I really like it. If I was still living in Vegas, I would be a part of it. But but since you abandoned. <laughs> and she's the other desert rat. <laughs> yeah. So I have another maybe two questions, but. Sure. No, that got, means we seven. Got, we got it started now. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just wait till he takes pictures. There'll yeah. be just two more. <laughs> so, you, so you're born in Wisconsin, came yes. to Phoenix, went to Vegas, came back to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing? What's the biggest difference between the places that you've been? Like, what, what would you say? Like the biggest change, or mm-hmm. you know, like for for me, Phoenix, it's the people. So I'm from Wisconsin. We were talking about that earlier. I've been to Vegas, mm-hmm. and for me, the people are very different here in Arizona. That you nailed it, what I was going to say. It is the people. Next would probably be the weather. <laughs> but but what about the people? I think I know what you're going to say. Well, let her say it then. Don't no, think no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm really curious to find out why the people. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> no. You can say let it. Me, let me think. Let's just say if I would have gone from Wisconsin to Vegas, I probably would have only lasted like a day. But coming from Wisconsin to Phoenix and then going to Las Vegas, that helped a little bit. I don't know. Midwest people have a different vibe. and Friendlier? I guess, yes. That's the best way of putting it. Yeah. More welcoming and warm to Mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, when I moved out here, I joined Lifetime Fitness. Mm -hmm. And I like to do the classes. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, let's go there. No, what? Probably. I well, you know, I I would I just switched from Mount Side Fitness, um, and I was going to go to Lifetime Fitness uh-huh. you know, right off the Biltmore Twenty Fourth Street. Yes. I walked mm-hmm. in, and I was all like, the vibe was just very different. Different. And so yeah. I I settled for an LA Fitness. So. Yes. Yeah. Did you have your hot pink leotards on again this time or not? I think that was <laughs> that's probably why you set off the vibe in the room. <laughs> yeah. No. When I joined uh, Lifetime Fitness out here, I was going to say, because I like to do the classes. That's what I do. Everyone was actually very friendly and welcoming and noticed that I was new to the class. Even the instructor came up to me and introduced herself. But then I joined Lifetime in Vegas and I did the same class over and over again. I would go up to someone and like try to talk to them and they would turn around and walk the other direction. Not a single time did the instructor like, introduce herself or ask who I was. Nothing. And then... No, do you find that to be true here as well, too? Yeah, but... Well, what do you mean? Here or Vegas? Uh, well, here. I mean, even from your difference from... from I, tra- I traveled so much that I, you know... Well, I, I was just... You know, last... I was telling you guys just last weekend I was back up in Wisconsin to get my mom. And I found myself kind of smiling a lot. Everyone, yeah, I, and I didn't spend a lot of time in my hometown for 20-some years, 
And then when my dad got sick a couple of years ago, I started spending time there again. And I felt like even after 20 some years, people would come up and just, hey, JJ, hey, JJ. Mm-hmm. It was very inviting, very warm, very, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Now, well, now, but the difference, I will say like Phoenix is, I still think it has, because this is the melting pot of America. Right, right. You still have a lot of, you have more warmth here than if I drop myself in SoCal or sure. in Vegas. Sure. It's just everyone just does their own thing. Yeah. So we moved here from Austin, Texas in 88. And I remember my wife coming home one day from the grocery store and like she had turned around to talk to somebody in the line at the grocery store. And she said, you would have thought that she was an alien. Yeah. I mean, nope, nope. They don't do that here. You just don't, you know, they'd rather bash carts into you than, than talk to you. But yeah. Did you have another question? Yes, I did. Um, so I feel like you're at a a really cool time in your life. Um, you know, you're, if I'm correct, your title is the director of BD for your company? Yes, they officially changed it to key account manager now. Mm-hmm. But okay. yes. All right, sweet. So um, <laughs> I'm going to use that one now. Key mm-hmm. account manager. So yeah. through Same all your way. experience, um, you know, and things that you've done, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned or maybe not lesson, but something that you're very grateful that you now come to realize? No one is going to be a bigger advocate than yourself. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> how do people get a hold of you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Under my name, Carly Levin. <laughs> and it's Levin. Not alias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you can email me, which is my first name, last name at alliance-enviro.com. Okay. It's a very long email, so. Well, <laughs> and we'll put it out there on our, yeah. when we rebroadcast this. Absolutely. Man, it's been a blast. Thanks, Carly. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And yeah. here's to the next axe-throwing competition. Yes. Yeah. and the she, is, one, she is a master networker for in all the right reasons, in all the right ways. No. And if you, you if you will look her up on LinkedIn, you will see that because she does post a lot of photos of her, the things that she's doing and the people that she's doing it with. And it's, it's really, it, it's very well done. I wasn't invited. I knew you. We were hanging out. We were doing a podcast when you did the, the axe throwing thing. We were? Yep. Oh. Yeah, because you asked me to be on it. Then. And I didn't get an invitation. Interesting. Yeah. You can blame blame me. Blame Sergio. No. Or Sergio. Sergio. Oh, okay. But no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. Let's all get together and throw axes at some point. Well, thanks, Carly. Yeah. Really appreciate you you being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, And we'll do this again sometime. Daryl, take us out of here. You've been listening to The Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to the Mac and Blue podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and JJ Levinsky on LinkedIn and Instagram. And tune in live every Monday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time, Make it a great day.